You're listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Come on, let's, let's thank our worship team. Wasn't it awesome today? Thank you so much, guys. That was brilliant. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. If you're new here today, we do really welcome you. We've got some visitors from New Zealand, Elam. Come on, let's welcome them today. We was with their leader a couple of weeks ago having lunch with Boyd. He's an amazing leader and great churches in New Zealand. We welcome you guys and everyone else here. For the first time, we welcome you too. So it's great to be in the house of God, isn't it? I just love that worship today. It was so good. God was just doing so, so much already in our lives today. And um, I want to remind you also, um, tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to be giving an update of our building progress. Um, as many of you know, that we're on pursuit of a new premises. And 6 p.m. tonight, we want to just give you some progress, some breakdown of the finances as we're, for the first time, doing a building fund started. I want to say thank you so much for everyone that started to give and those that have texted and said they are going to give to the building fund and that's encouraging for us. So just thinking about how we're going to do this because we don't want to be talking about the building fund forever because obviously in the next few months it's possible that we could be going towards moving into it by the hopefully God's will be done over this situation. And uh, so we're thinking, I'm going to talk with the leadership on Monday, think about a date in September where we can mark a morning, where we can just celebrate everyone that's given and the total, and we can go from there. So it's not going to be a big burden to us, but we're believing that God is going to provide for what we need. Uh, as, as, so please keep praying. Um, please just pray for all the things that we need to happen. I have lots of meetings this week. Again, the next week with architects and things and lots going on. So really appreciate your prayers. But if you can come tonight, 6 p.m. at Gladstone Road Campus, then we'd love to just talk to you. And any questions you want to ask us, then please, please, please come along. So last week we were away on holiday and we thought we'd tune into the Sunday service and we watched the service and wasn't our speakers awesome? Come on, let's thank God for our speakers, our eldership, leadership. They did a, they did a brilliant job talking about the three areas that we can help to pursue our purpose in the Lord at this time and that's through prayer. Uh, and through uh, offering our talents and gifts. And that's not just for the building, that's also for ministries and serving. We need so many people helping in many different ways. And so we still want you to do that. And then finally, finances, that we want to give an offering so we can continue to pursue the will of God. My talk to you this morning is that I want to talk to you about the blessing of giving. You know, for many years, people shy away from talking about giving, and especially in the area of finances, but it would be wrong of me as the leader of the church, one of the leaders of the church, to, to withhold from you the keys in the Bible where you can actually have blessing in the area of your finances. I don't know why that we won't want to talk about it, but you know, sometimes people have misunderstanding. And you know that, you know yourself that we've heard extremes on the teaching about giving. Those that misuse the Scriptures for selfish gain. And so we do need to make sure, though, that we, just because of other people's misuse 
uh, an abuse of the text for selfish gain in church life, that we are not to make, make sure that we don't lose out the power of the blessing of giving, which is grounded in the Bible. And so I know that when a preacher gets up and says, I'm going to talk about money, I know there's a lot of people in mind say, here we go again, they're after your money again. And that's one of the things that many ministers shy away from when they talk to their people about giving uh, and about um, the blessing of giving. But do you know, in the New Testament, there's nothing new. In the New Testament, there were preachers that were after people's money. They were preaching for selfish gain, and Paul tried to address these people. And so when that happens in church life, and it will happen in many areas, people will do things for selfish gain. It gives everybody else a bad press, doesn't it? And so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We want to make sure that we're rooted in the Scriptures. We want to make sure that you are healthy in every area of your life. And I want to talk to you about how you can be healthy and, and, and receive God's blessing over your area of finances. And what a time for, for, to find out the keys of that in, in an economic crisis in our country. Why wouldn't you want to know the keys to financial blessing in your life when God has got those keys for us, if we would actually obey them. Because, you know, it's so important that we do that. You know, not every preacher wants to get money out of you. In fact, the majority of pastors that I talk to don't even want to talk about money. But yet the reality is they're robbing their people of the blessing of God. And so my heart to you today is, and I want to say to you this, I've spoke about money in church life. So we've been in the ministry nearly 30 years in two churches this year, nearly 19 years in the last church, 10 years. And we've always spoke about giving and tithing. We've always spoke about it. Why? Because I believe it's biblical. Number two, I believe it blesses you personally and also it blesses other people. So that's the reason why I do it. But here's the thing. This is the first time that I've ever spoken in this church about giving in the context when we're raising money for a building. I've never spoken about giving when the church has needed money, ever. Only till this moment until we are raising money. The first time that I've spoke about giving in this context when we're raising money for a building fund. Isn't that awesome? And so I'm not going to be restricted by that. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that I do believe that if when we, when we obey the Word of God, God will bless our lives in many areas. So let me talk to you about that. You know, Jesus spoke about money in the Gospels more than, more than prayer. Did you know that? And so he didn't talk about money because he wanted people's money from them, but he talked about money because he wanted to make sure that money didn't have people. And so that's the real issue here. Who has ownership of your life? Because the thing is this, that God wants all of us, not just part of us. And so I want to make sure that in your life that, 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 God isn't, that money is not your God, but the God that we've just sang to today and worship, that he is number one in your life. Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. So you can have money, but money can't have you. And so we have to talk about this area because if we're going to prosper in the area of giving, then we must walk in obedience to God's Word in our lives. The Apostle Paul always talks to people about being generous and about giving. And so he talks to the people of God and he says, not that I desire your gifts. 
See the motive of Paul? Not that I desire your gifts, but what I desire is that you be more credited. Whatever you give, it be credited to your account. So Paul was saying that I'm teaching you about giving so it blesses you. Did you know that you have a heavenly account? Did you know that everything that you do on earth, you store up a heavenly account? I wonder if the Lord, you know, I know when you look at your bank account, some of you go, oh my goodness, I'm going there. But what if the Lord showed you your heavenly bank account? How would you respond if it came on the screen right now? Now, I'm not going to, obviously that's not going to happen. But have a guess what? That screen's come up on your head. You know what your heavenly account is like according to what you've sold into the kingdom. But Jesus said, even if you give me a cup of cold water in my name, it will be rewarded you. So it's not just about that because our giving in our lives is our time, our talent and also our treasure. They're the three things that if you're going to serve God with all of your heart, you have to actually apply them to the kingdom. If you're going to you know, offer your body as a living sacrifice, as Romans 12 tells us, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Remember, worship is your time, your talent and your treasure when you give it to Jesus. It's manifest right through the Scriptures. And so there was a story told of a man who died and went to heaven and he was met at the pearly gates by Peter who led him down the golden streets. And they passed these mansions and they were beautiful mansions. And until they came to a, a street and they stopped in front of a B&Q shed. And the man asked Peter, he said, why can't I have one of those mansions over there? And Peter replied, I did the best with what you sent up to me. You know, so, you know we stand where we come before God and we look for our mansion. I wonder if that, I don't want a shed, do you? I don't, I don't want Peter to say, there's your shed, that's what you invested in the kingdom. But I want to make sure that I've given my best to God in the area of my life, in the area of giving. You know, God is a generous God. Do you know that God loves to give because God is love? And did you know that you cannot love without giving? I want you to get this. You cannot love without giving. And so when Jesus said, I want you to love me with all of your heart, mind, soul, emotions, your soul, I want you to love me with everything. That's not just with your time. That's not just with your talent, but also with your treasure. I want you to love me with all of you. And so I know that we say, yeah, but I know I give my time to the Lord and I give my talent to the Lord. But the other thing is, what about your treasure? Where is your treasure? Where, and, and you know, it's like Des said last week, we want you to give with your heart. But Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So that worries me at times. Because it's the truth. Where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. You see, there was a person in the Bible that gave God lots of things, but he withheld on the treasure bit. And he came up to Jesus and we know the person. He was called a rich young ruler. Do you remember him? And so he comes to Jesus, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What do you ask me? What do you ask me? What is good? Jesus said, there was only one who was good. And if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, Lord? He was so proud. You know, I, I, I'm keeping all the commands of God. I'm so good. He said, if you want to keep 
enter life, keep the commands. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. You see, they're still applicable today, by the way. Don't, don't think because they're in the Old Testament that the commands of God, the Ten Commandments are not applicable to your life. Do not murder. Can you imagine what revolution would take place if that happened in our world right now? If we'd obey that one command, do not lie. Do you, can you imagine the revolution revival, what would happen in our world right now if people stopped lying? And you say, oh, the Old Testament's not applicable. Absolutely nonsense. Jesus actually refers to it in this text. And he says, you, you know, do not murder, do not commit adultery. Can you imagine, the, can you imagine the, 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 the pain that will be relieved for people that didn't commit adultery? All because we're not willing to obey God's commands. We talk about blessing in our lives. I want to just say something to you. Yes, we're blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing and our salvation is secure. But let me tell you something. Every, every, every other part of your life needs obedience. Every other part of your life needs obedience to receive the blessing of God. Because the thing is, in a marriage, if you commit adultery, how, how many people know it's not going to be blessed? Come on, speak to me. I want to try and help you today because some of us are really blocked in the head that because now we're saved and we're blessed in the heavenly realms that everything else comes as a blessing and we don't do nothing about it. No, grace has been given for salvation for what Jesus has done, but now we have to respond in obedience to receive things in our life to be blessed. So in a marriage, so in a marriage you have to love one another, respect one another, serve one another, and you need to have to, you have to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And if you don't do those things, your marriage will not be blessed. And it's like that in friendships. You have to apply the principles of the Bible to your life to receive the blessing of God in loads of our areas. In business, you have to have integrity. You have to have honesty. You have to begin to honour God first and then blessing will begin to surround your life. But many Christians feel that blessing just comes and we don't do nothing about it. There has to be a response in trust with God and obedience to Him in our relationship so He can bless our lives to live under His word, under His commands. It's called submitting our lives unto God. And many times we look at our lives and they're falling apart and we wonder why. It's because sometimes in our life we do not submit our life to his word to allow the blessings to come upon our lives. And so he said, okay, what commandments? And honour your father and your mother and love your neighbour as yourself. All these things I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Great question. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect... If you want to make sure that you're doing what is required of you with all of your life, go sell your possessions and give them to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad and he had great wealth. Isn't that an interesting story? A rich man went away sad because he couldn't obey Jesus in the area of his finances. And the reason was because his area of finances was his security and was his God. Everything else he could put in place, but when it comes to the money bit, he couldn't give that up and he couldn't follow Jesus. Jesus said, if you really want to follow me, then I want all of your life, not just part of it. And if you want to receive the blessing in that area of your life, and some of you might be prosperous right now, but you're not as prosperous as you could be as God blessing what you have. You know something, you can, you can be prosperous because of your hands in your life. You can have a healthy bank balance, a healthy business because of your hands. But wouldn't it be awesome if your, if your finances and your prosperity came from his hands? Yeah. 
Because I want to tell you, it's going to go a lot further with his hand on it than yours. And I want to encourage you today that this young man walked away sad. And I don't want you to walk away sad because there's an area of your life you're not surrendering to God. And it is all about surrender. I don't care what you say. It's all about surrender. I surrender all. We sing it really well. But when it comes down to giving our finances or our materialism, that part is not surrendered to God. And I wonder in this season of our life that God is saying that God could provide in a second the money we need for this building fund. Did you know that? But he's given us opportunity for you to surrender your life to him. I've heard stories in the last two weeks, and obviously because this is the first time we're going to a building fund, I've been talking to pastors about and thinking, oh, we need to get this. And, and he said, Jason, you know, incredible, this one person in a church of 50 people who, who I know really well, he said, you know what, a lady has left us £100,000. Like that. Another person in another church went up to the pastor and said, look, I know that there's a bit of a, uh, an issue. I want to give this amount and clear the debt, 32,000. Another person spoke to me recently in a meeting in our church and he said there was a church one in the building fund and in three weeks only 80 people needed 100,000 and they raised it. And I'm thinking, God, what are you saying? And he's sort of saying, Jason, you know, I can provide this money for you very easily with one person. But I want to give your church an opportunity to participate together because I want to clear some debris out of their heart. I want to know who's God in their life. I want to know who's no, number one. God can provide 2 million, 3 million, 20 million, 50 million. We're after 150,000. But God's given you an opportunity to see where your heart is. And my heart, because let me tell you, we're giving too. We're giving, we give our tithes. And we're going to give an offering to this building fund. We can't help me and preach to you about giving if we don't do it ourselves. And so I want to encourage you to really, I want to, the way I'm preaching is I want to break some stuff off you so you can be blessed. Because the thing is, I can't rely, just say, well, you know, Lord, if this is your will, then the money will come. God will provide. But we have an opportunity to partner with God. God could, use, could have used any minister in the season of this church for this next step. But we have a privilege to, for God to say, no, I'm going to use you. Thank you, Jesus. If this is your will, you're going to pay for it. But you're going to use your, God's people. And so it's interesting to know when you look at the Scriptures that there's no doubt when Paul talks about giving, he actually says it, it's a proof of your love for God. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? It's one of the proofs, I would say. It's not everything. You know, it's not everything because lots of other things we do for the Lord. But in the area of finances, what I'm talking about, is a proof of how much you love God. In fact, Corinthians tells that. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. He's talking about giving an offering. If you read 1 Corinthians 8. But since you excel in everything, so it's really good to serve and give your time but in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and the love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I am not commanding you, which is awesome today because we're not condemning anyone to give. We're not commanding you to give. We're just presenting the Word of God to you so the Holy Spirit can speak to you and you can respond and get blessed. Isn't that awesome? But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. See what Paul did? He said, I want to test your love by the contribution that you're giving by their contribution. 
And he talks about a church that was in severe poverty. And out of their sincere poverty, they actually gave more than they're able. And the Bible says, but they give themselves first to the Lord. And then they gave to the people. And so when it comes down to giving our offering, the Bible is clear about the amount that you should give. And you're going to go, is there an amount? Well, let me tell you about the amount. The amount is according to your ability and your willingness. That's what the amount is. It's according to what you have. So you can't give what you haven't got. And the Holy Spirit knows what you have. And you know, it's interesting. God will speak to some of you to give less because you're thinking of a figure and he's going, no, no, I want you to give this. But there's some of you got something in your mind and some of you may never even ask God about how much to give yet. And he's going to blow your mind. He's going to stretch your faith. He's going to give you a figure that you're thinking, I'm not sure I can do that. But God wants to test your faith because he wants you to trust him. But this has to be a willingness and it's according to what you have, not what you don't have. And your willingness, your heart, as we've been hearing all through this season of giving. This is not a compulsion thing for you today. This is not for you to leave this church guilty. But this is to, leave, to, to understand the key principles of the Bible that if you will apply them, you watch God what he'll do in your life in this area. However, when it comes to the area of tithing, God's already given us the amount to give. In our offering, he's made you decide what you want to give. But in the tithe, he's already told you, bring your tithe, your first fruits to the storehouse. A tithe is 10% of your income. Now, that, now again, for some of you, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to do this, not at all. I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't, don't do this, God doesn't love you. I'm not saying that or you'll lose your salvation. Absolutely not. All I'm trying to present to you is keys for God to bless you in your finances and in your material world. And so he says, I want you to bring a tithe to the storehouse. Now, unfortunately, in the Old Testament, there was a congregation that didn't and withheld what they should have brought to the house of God. And God sent a prophet, his word, to these people. And many of you have heard it. And many of you have heard preachers preach this to make you feel guilty to give about tithing. And if you don't tithe, God's going to curse you and all that stuff and that sort of like heavy stuff on you that, you know, you're not giving, so God's going to curse you and everybody feels guilty and then they give out of compulsion and it's not an offering to God anyway. But actually, did God did say to these people in the Old Testament, he said, will a man or woman, he said, will they rob me? Yet you rob me. It's like, hold on a minute. Are you saying, God, that the tithe is yours and if, if they don't give a tithe, they're actually robbing you? That's what actually God said. He said, like, I've asked you to bring a tithe to the house so my house, my house can have food. And yet you're, you're not bringing it. You're, you're taking it somewhere else and, you, and you're using it on other things. And he says, but how are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings. And then he says to this, ch this church, you are under a curse, you the whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse there that will be food in my house. So God, you know, when, when you are condemned or you feel guilty, there's no way out. And so if God would have just left it there, the people are doomed. But he said, no, I've got an answer for you to remove the curse and release the blessing. And I'm going to bring that bit to you. But he did say to this church, in that area of your lives, church, that the, the prosperity of your financial arena will not be blessed by me. And so he said, so I'm going to give you an antidote to change that. But he did say, it, the tithe is mine. 
And I want you to understand that, that when God asks us to bring our tithe to our church where we belong, it's actually bringing God's money back to him. It's not ours. And so actually you're not really giving anything of your own. Your offering is yours. But the tithe belongs to God. Now, some of you don't believe in tithing. Some preachers preach that it's not. But listen, I'm only telling you from my experience in my own life that we tithe and we've seen God bless us. We've seen the evidence of the word in our lives. And I'm only telling you from example. So if you decide to leave church and think, well, I'm not doing it, that's fine. But understand there are keys to blessing over your life in the financial area if you obey God's word. And so, and it's interesting when you look at this, like when you, when you think to yourself, well, what is this all about? Because God said, test me in this. It's the only place in scripture where God asks you to test him. In other words, he's saying, I want you to trust me for the most important thing in your life, which is your money. And if you can trust me with that, then you can trust me with everything. And so he says, I want you to trust me. It's a trusting. See, our giving to God is a trusting. It's, can he trust me to bring what he's asked of me as an offering? And can I trust him to bless me? It's a relationship thing that God is so connected to within our lives. And so it's important, of course, that we budget well and don't overspend. But yet we must get in our way that we've got to put God first in our finances, if we're going to receive an open heaven over this arena of our life. And it is a trusting. Luke says, 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little is also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with somebody else's property. See, the tithe belongs to God. It's not your property. He says, who will give you property of your own? It's a trust thing. A missionary had been teaching tithing to his church and one morning a young Christian came to the missionary's door with a fishing rod in one hand and a fish in the other. And he said, here's my tithe. And the missionary asked him, where's the rest of the fish? Oh, he said, they're in the river. I just wanted to bring God his first. See, the thing is, what we don't realize is that when we withhold our tithe, we're withholding the blessing of God on our finances. We're withholding his blessing on our material world. And so the Lord says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, not Jason, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there'll be no room, not room enough for you to contain it. See, there's, there's the promise key to giving our tithe to the Lord. He says, test me and see, can I ask you, before you go to be with Jesus or before he returns, why don't you have a go at testing God in this? You've got nothing to lose. You know, some of you sign up for subscriptions for a month and try before you buy. And if you don't like it, you just don't bother doing the subscription anymore. So why don't you give God an, an opportunity to try and test him? Why not? 
Just try it. See what happens. What have you got to lose? Only the blessing of God over your life. Graham prayed last week that God would open the heavens over our church. Well, the one of those promises attached to that is actually tithing. And if we, I want to tell you now, if every church, every member of every church in the UK would tithe, not one church would have a financial problem. Did you know that? If you were to have statistics of people that tithe in the UK, you, you would be mind blown. They would honour God with their first fruits. In fact, the Bible says, honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then it says your barns will be filled to overflowing and the vats will brim over to new wine. See, we need to re release the blessing through our obedience. It's a trust thing. You know, it's a step of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so every blessing comes, comes in response to our first step of trusting God. When you look at the Scriptures, right, you look at the blessings that's released, that always comes first is your obedience. So listen to what Jesus said. Give and it will be given to you. What comes first? Come on. Give. So you have to take that step because it's a trust thing. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to talk to you about giving, but I'm going to talk to you about the blessing of giving. But it has to come from obedience, of trust, of my relationship, that you, that you know that I'm going to provide for you. You know, when we, we, we love quoting that scripture, and my God will provide all your needs according to, you know why Paul said that? Because the church gave an offering to the church. It responded with their giving to the need. And he said, because you've given this need, my God will provide all your needs. You see, obedience releases blessing over your life. And some of you need that release over your life, but it's going to take faith. It's going to take trust. It's going to take a step of, of offering God what you hold on to too tight to. Because really, God is after your heart. You know that, don't you? not really after your money. Do you know that? He's after your heart because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Proverbs 11 says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and becomes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You see, the blessing always follows obedience. The promise of God always flows after. The flood did not come until Noah finished the ark. The water did not turn into wine until the last act was poured into the house cup. The multitudes weren't fed until they went and handed out the bread and gave it away and then it multiplied and they picked up basketfuls left over after. The promise of eternal life did not come until Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Obedience And then came the blessing. And so I want to talk to you about releasing that as I come to a close when we talk about an offering. So a tithe is what you bring into the house, the church where you're committed to. So that can take care of what needs to be taken care of. That belongs to the Lord. And God promises to open heaven over you when you put him first. And the offering is you give according to what you have and also to your willingness. And they gave many things to the tabernacle. But here's the thing, because we're talking about people giving their talents and their tithes, or they're giving, the offering. Because you need both. 
Because when God asked for an offering in the Old Testament to build a tabernacle, money on its own wasn't enough. He needed some substance. He needed some material to work with. And so we need both of those things. We need people that can manage things, like we can do electricians and plumbers and all that kind of stuff. And we'll pay for the materials as long as you can do the labour. That'll be helpful. <laughs> but here's the thing, an offering to the Lord. Many examples of the blessing releasing our offering. See, Paul says, I don't want you to give grudgingly or under compulsion. So he tells us how to give an offering. And this is the same when it comes to giving our tithes as well. It tells us how we need to do it, the motive of why we do it. Not under compulsion, not under guilt, not under condemnation, but under a love for God. They're saying, God, I'm going to obey you in this area of my life. I'm going I'm to put my life into your hands in this area because I know it's difficult for all of us. You know, it's not easy to give God a tithe. It's not easy to give God an offering. But we do it because we love him because he first loved us. And this is what Paul instructs us, and I'm going to pray for you. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, a happy, an optimistic giver. And so he says, I want you to be generous when you give. I want it to be attached to sacrifice and, and thoughtfulness when you give to the Lord. And then he says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all that, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gift to the poor the righteousness that endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Can you believe the blessing attached to your giving? Because what happens, it's not only the outworking of the, ex of the external blessing of prosperity or finances, but it's the internal blessing. He says that your righteousness will increase on the inside of you. Because the thing is this, our giving is not so much about what we can get from God, but it's how much Christ can work in us so we can be more like Him. See, Jesus gave everything for us. Didn't hold nothing back. And the only reason He did it is because He loved us. So for God so loved the world that he what? He talked about coming. He prayed about coming. No, for God so loved the world, he gave. Wow, there's an attribute of God, isn't it? God is a giver. He gave his one and only son. What a sacrifice that was for me and you today. That whosoever shall believe in him. I love that, whosoever don't care where you've come from, what background you've got, not what, what degrees you've got, bank balance and what mistakes you've made. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And because of that, God asks us, now we can surrender our life back to Him. That we can be more like Jesus because the more you give, the more you like Him. And that's who we want to copy in our lives. And look at the results as I come to close. 
For this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Uh, to God. Because of this service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for your obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Listen to what he says to the Philippine church. I receive full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gift you sent. Listen to what your offering does today. Listen to what happens when you, you brought your tithe today. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. If there's any other reason that we should be giving to God, it's because we please Him. And my God is the promise, will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And now here's the key to giving every one of you. Are you ready for it? I'm going to finish on time. Here's the key. Everybody feel okay? Sure, that's four of us. Do you know what astounds me? When these entrepreneurs put on these seminars, how you can become a millionaire, it's amazing how much many people will pay to go into those meetings so they can get prosperous. But when a preacher talks to you about how you can get blessed in your finances, nobody wants to respond. It's a wonder how we operate in the kingdom. God in His Word has given us keys so we can be blessed. But it's a choice. And I hope you make the right one. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. I love this bit. Entirely on their own. In other words, they wasn't hounded and hounded and hounded. Listen, I ain't going to preach on this subject now till after September or October. I'm not going to talk to you about giving anymore in this context. This is it. Because then you can read the Bible for yourself. They gave entirely on their own and they exceeded our expectations. Here's the key, guys. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. Here's the key to giving. A young boy sat in the church and watched as the offering plate was being passed. Wanting to give something, he reached inside his pocket and he found that there was nothing in there. As the plate was passing by the row, it came to him. So he took hold of the plate he put it on the ground and he stepped in it. And he said to the Lord, I have no money to give you today, but what I have is myself and I offer my life to you. You see, God doesn't want your money. He wants all of you. And I wonder if that part of your life, because all the other parts are in the plate, but that one part may needs to be redirected and align your life back into the purpose and will of God for you. Stand with me. Father, we thank you 
for the amazing generosity of those that give to our church and those online. We thank you for every penny that is given. We do thank you. And I do pray, Lord, that these people would see heaven open and they can testify about it. But I do pray, Lord, for those in the room and online that may have struggled in this area, maybe because of misuse or abuse in their life. But Lord, I pray that today, that even if they just start by just thinking, you know what, Lord, I'm going to begin to pray about that this is what your word says. This is what your word says. And I want to align my life, but I need you to help me do that. So Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you begin to open heaven over your church. And Lord, you know what we need in this next season. And Lord, we, we don't want to try and raise this, Lord, with sort of compulsion or manipulation. But Lord, I know that you're after our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray you would help us to take the step of faith that's needed because it's not easy. So, Father God, I ask you, Lord, to release your spirit. You know, while we was away, and I'm finished now, but I had an illustration. I was going to bring it and I never did it and I wish I did now, but I'll use this instead. I had a picture of a champagne bottle and um, I had a picture in my mind because I, I was thinking about this sermon and, and I felt the Lord saying to me, the champagne in that bottle can never be released until the top is flicked off. And he was saying there were many Christians who the blessing of God inside of them cannot be released until they take a step of obedience in the area of finances. And I was going to shake the bottle up on stage and pop the cork and out of it would flow the blessing of champagne. And I just felt the Lord saying, that's what I want to do in some of your lives. But it stopped up because of fear. It stopped up because of whatever's happened in your past. But God said, come on, take a step. Trust me, test me and see what I want to release in you and also to you in your life if you'll trust me. So Father, I pray if that applies to anyone today, here and online, that you would release the blessing in their lives. Release fear. Lord, release, Lord, whatever has been happened in the past and let them have a new experience in the provision of God in the area of finances. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. <laughs>